Good morning once again. Go ahead and stand up uh, for the scripture reading. Uh, Hear the word of the Lord, my friends. Matthew chapter 6. This is Jesus teaching. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive as as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from the evil one for if you forgive other people when they sin against you your f- heavenly father will also forgive you but if you do not forgive others their sins your Father will not forgive your sins. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you remain standing as we pray? Lord, this morning we are going to talk about talking to you. We're going to talk about prayer. And Lord, I ask that you will wake us up to hearing your voice. Wake us up to prayer. Though we love you, we want to be in your presence, praying with you, feeling your presence, knowing your presence, and worshiping you. Lord, you are our rock, our redeemer. We pray in your name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and all God's people shouted. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for being here this morning. We're continuing a series about whole life. It's a series about the practices we engage in, the community that we're in, scripture, prayer, the life rhythms and practices that we engage in as Christians to form us as the people of God. I think from the outside, someone could look in and say, oh, Christians, what that means is just you, you got to follow these rules and then you'll be saved. Maybe people throw around that word to be saved. What does that mean? Well, the, these practices, there's, there's some like today we're going to talk about the rule of prayer and, and how to pray. But these things that we engage in, next week at Scripture, we talk about community as well. These things, these rules that we do as Christians, they do not save us. Let me tell you very quickly how salvation works. This is the good news. The good news is the gospel. It works like this. We believe that God himself came and died on a cross, and that sacrifice was for the sins of the world, and that whoever believes in him shall be saved, and that's how we're saved. We're going to talk about things today, like the rules and how to pray, and I just want to make it clear as we begin that these things form us as the people of God. These things do not form us into the people of God. We become the people of God through faith. Amen? Amen. 
And then we want our lives to reflect him. So that's what we're talking about today, prayer. And we could get into, I, th- I figured this, uh, this week as I was working on this sermon, we could spend 10 weeks, we could spend probably a year just talking about prayer, how to pray. We could talk about spiritual warfare, fasting, uh, healing prayers, faith prayers. What about unanswered prayers, mind bender kind of things like how does prayer work? If God knows what we're going to pray and he knows what we're going to ask for, and he knows whether he's, where he's going to give it to us or not. Why pray at all? Things like that. People ask uh, questions like, well, what about um, uh, things like when we pray and we don't get an answer or God is silent, what about that? So many things we could talk about this morning. I want to make it super duper Sunday school simple. What prayer is and how to pray. Two points, two point sermon this morning. The first one is this, we'll put it on the board. It's, a, it's in the question of just why pray? What's the big deal of prayer? And then the, uh, we'll get to point two, which is how to pray. I'll give some practical advice. So today, super Sunday school simple, a talk about prayer. Why pray? I want to give you an analogy of, of kind of like what this is like as a pastor to talk about prayer. I'll give you that analogy in just a second, but I'm going to give you like 10 minutes worth of reasons as to why we should pray, the reward of prayer. But it feels kind of like this, um, like 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 I'm trying to sell you on something. If you've ever been into a mall, some of you go to malls all the time. Some of you haven't seen a mall in 10 years. Uh, There's like these little islands and you walk past and and the person's like, hey, you want to try some lotion? And you're like, no way. I know that the lotion is going to be like 10 minutes of you trying to sell me a $2 bottle of lotion for $50. Like you're trying to sell something. And I feel like These next 10 minutes are like me trying to sell you something like prayer. And it's, it's like, in my mind, it's silly to do because it's, here's the analogy. Imagine after church, uh, someone in the back setting up a table, let's say that they love New Life Manitou. They love this community. They're very, 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 very wealthy. And they're giving out everyone in here, including kids, $10,000 cashier's checks. All I would have to do is to say, that, that's what's going to happen, and you would all do that, right? And some of you are just now starting to pay attention, like, wait, what's happening after church? This is just an analogy. I wouldn't have to talk for, it would be stupid for me to talk for 10 minutes about, make sure at the end of service, don't forget, no, ever write this down, when you leave the service, make sure you get your check, get your check, make sure you put your check somewhere safe, make sure Monday morning, that's tomorrow, everyone say tomorrow, tomorrow, make sure tomorrow you, you get your check, you bring it to the bank, make sure you, you deposit it into, like, like, what a waste of time, everyone would be back as soon as we said, bless you and keep you, amen, you would all be right there. And I kind of think of like this next couple minutes about me talking about how awesome prayer is, is like, oh, if you just get it, if you just know how awesome 
prayer is and how this is it. Like this is the community of God. This is feeling the presence of the Lord. And sometimes, like this morning, I felt the presence of the Lord. During worship, I felt the presence of the Lord. Sometimes my prayer life, as I assume yours is as well, feels somewhat dry. And it's like this consistent thing that you just do because that's what you do as a person of God. But then there's these moments where like, wow, I am praying to the creator of the world and he is listening to me and he is speaking and this is awesome. These warm, fuzzy feelings. I just want to say this again, because many Christians talk about like how awesome it is to be in the presence of the Lord. And sometimes I'm sure many of you have felt that. And some of you maybe have not. Some of you, it's been a long time. And I just want to remind you that there is reward in consistency. Jesus says it this way. This is the verse. Jesus says these words, Matthew 6, verse 6. Brett just read it. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, pray to your father who's unseen. Then your father Father who sees what is done in secret will, well, he will reward you. Like, wow, you will be rewarded. You will be blessed if you pray. If you start praying this week, if you pray, you get on a routine, you're consistent about prayer, you will be rewarded. And, and what, you, in your mind, what that might be like is, oh, that means I'm going to get front place, parking spots. Someone's going to, I'm going to reach in my pocket like I found 20 bucks. I didn't know it was there. This is the best day ever. Like that could be a part of it. Uh, it, it might not though. Or you get your best time on the incline, like in your mind, like that's what blessing means. But those are all circumstances. And, and those things may or may not change if you develop a prayer life. But what will is a reward. And the reward that comes might be internal. It might be an inner strength that comes. It may be like this verse. I remember in college, this was my favorite, favorite verse in the Bible. Genesis 15, 1, where God is speaking to Abraham and talking about Abraham's reward. And we all know that to be the land. We all know that to be Abraham's um, the generations that would come, the people that Abraham, your father Abraham, uh, would make, and he would be rewarded on this earth, a great land and, and things and riches. But Genesis 15, 1 says that the Lord, the Lord is speaking, says, I am your shield, your very great reward. Like that's, the Lord is going to be Abraham's reward. And so the, the reward in prayer is communion with God. This isn't a self-help kind of thing where you pick yourself up and you, and, you, and you pray and you just feel better later. No, this is communion with the Lord. This is, as Karl Barth says, a famous theologian. Some have called him the, the greatest theologian of the 20th century. He says it this way, to clasp the hands in prayer is the beginning of the uprising against the disorder of the world. What is prayer? It's the beginning of an uprising against the disorder of the world, both internally in ourselves and the world around us because God is the creator. He is listening and he is speaking. Another theologian who just passed away a couple months ago, Eugene Peterson, wrote many books on pastor, pastoring, what it means to be a pastor. Uh, and he's, he's the translator of the Message Bible from the Greek and Hebrew into the modern day translation. Some people love it because it's a paraphrase. Some people hate it 
because it's a paraphrase, but whatever. I, I enjoy Eugene Peterson. He says this. He says, people, uh, when they pray, are not climbing a ladder into outer space to escape the world, but rather, the gist of this quote is that he says, prayer is more like grounding, like a shovel, like creating the earth around you and being fully present where you are. We don't pray to just escape this world. We pray that we might see God's rule and reign. Can somebody say amen? amen. Uh, I think about my prayer morning, uh, prayer times, usually my prayers in the morning, and it's almost always interrupted by a child who wakes up early. God bless children and, and rising early. And... Um, Usually it's Rowan. He's our, our early morning riser. He comes in and I don't say, don't open the door. I'm praying in here. Blah. I say, come in. Well, sit on my lap. I'm praying. And we pull out. He's got this little prayer journal and he's five years old. So it's just like basically just scribbled uh, in a book. And he, he says, dad, what, what should I journal about today? And I said, I don't know. What do you think? What do you want a prayer journal about? And he says, dad, I got a great idea. How about God is good. And I'm like, that's a great idea. So what I do uh, is write God is good on a little post-it note. We put it in his journal. Then he kind of traces and puts God is good in his prayer journal. And he's just like, G-O-D is. Uh, and then he's like, Dad, I got a really great idea. What's your great idea? Instead of God is good, how about God is great? And I was like, yes, that's a great idea. And this begins to, this is like every morning. We, we do this. We pray together. It's, it's grounding ourselves in the, in the word of God, grounding ourselves in who he is. It's not escaping from the world. One more story about Rowan. He thinks about things differently. He was just up here just uh, meditating on the words and thinking about he just he thinks about things differently. Uh, as an example, uh, he was a preschooler a couple of years ago, and the teacher was a little worried about, we were worried about him as well, because he was just not, he just didn't like other people, other kids. Uh, the kids would be playing a game, they're all like loving it. Rowan would be clear on the other side of the playground, just kicking rocks, picking them up, looking at them, putting them in his pocket, like just doing his own thing. And uh, he, he's gotten better, and we're really not worried about that anymore. I think he's okay. But he just, he's in his own little world. He's got three other brothers at home. He has plenty of social activity. And so when he went to school, he kind of just wanted to pick up rocks, like whatever. So the teacher comes up to him, tries to engage him in a conversation and says, do you, Rowan, do you hear the birds? And he says, yeah. And she says, what do you think they're saying? Just making conversation. And he says, the birds are saying hallelujah. And the teacher just started weeping. And then she's telling us the story and like we're weeping. And I just thought that's the life of prayer, like through the lips of children, like we're not escaping the world. We are in the world seeing God, the creator, his rule and his reign. And this is an invitation to pray, to sit. I heard this definition that to, to pray is to sit and look at God as God sits and looks at us. And I remember hearing that definition and liking it. And now that I'm older and wiser as a Christian, I like that definition even more. To sit and to look at God while God sits and looks at us. So how do we do this? This is point number two, how to pray. Let me give you some practical things 
Let me give you, uh, Jesus basically tells us how to pray. He's, he's in, in Matthew chapter 6, he's uh, talking kind of against this hypocritical, pharisaical way of praying, which was to put a big show on. He, he says the, the Pharisees have it all wrong. When they're giving, they make a big show. Everyone sees them giving. When they fast, they're, they're doing something to make their, the, everyone know that they're fasting. Don't do that. When they're praying, they're standing in the streets and everyone knows they're praying. Wow, how holy. That's not how to do it. When you want to pray, go pray this quick prayer. You can pray the Lord's Prayer in about 20 seconds, unless you're at our house before lunch, then you could pray this prayer in about eight seconds. My boys are pretty good at this prayer. Um, I'm kidding, by the way. Just lighten up. Um, but this prayer, lighten up, everybody. Uh, this prayer, uh, think about Jesus teaches us to pray. He says this prayer, and it's like, okay, well, is that is that the only way to pray? Is that is this like... Do we just pray this prayer once, this 20-second prayer, then we're done for the day, we're done for the year, we're done for, we just pray this prayer once? Well, then, well, why would he go out and pray? Why would, uh, Tim mentions this, Jesus goes out into the mountain, sometimes he brings his disciples, sometimes the book of uh, Mark starts off with Jesus, while it's still dark, going out and praying. He spends time with the Father. He encourages us to do so as well, how to pray. And I'm going to give you some practical things here, um, but there are as many ways to pray as there are personalities in the room. It's like saying, uh, how, how do you, what's the right way to talk with your mom? Well, there's different moms, there's different situations, there's different days, there's just different personalities, it's just different. Like, like there's, but I can give you some guidelines. I think these are guidelines that have helped me to pray to give some structure to my prayer times. This is like handing someone uh, a measuring tape and a pencil and maybe the plans. This is something that I hope will help you. This is not a formula. This is a structure for prayer. And it's really quite simple. Would you put it on the board? It's the word P-R-A-Y. Yes, I had to go to seminary to learn this. This is... <laughs> P-R-A-Y, this has helped me. This is four different stages of prayer. This is what I usually do. This is very simple. This keeps me on track. This is helpful for me. Maybe it will be helpful for you as a structure. This is not, once again, a formula. This is just a structure. If you look at the Lord's Prayer, you can kind of see these movements in them uh, as well. Write this down. Some of you write notes. Write the word P-R-A-Y. Put it somewhere. You could even write it in your phone if you're not too distracted to check other things. Um, put it somewhere where you'll see this. Sometime this week, you'll, you'll remember, you'll think through this. This can be, for me, I learned this as an hour-long thing, a 15-minute, 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 15 15-minute, but this could be a five-minute thing. This could be a 10-minute thing. This is simply a guide, a structure to prayer life. I remember first seeing this I think I've told this story before when I was in college um, and, and there was a prayer meeting that was going to be an hour long. And I had never heard of an hour long prayer meeting. I was like, pray for an hour. Like, wow, do we get a bathroom break? Do I need power bars? Like, how does this work? An hour of prayer? Wow. It was, in my mind, it was just like, like a marathon. Like, wow, college students gathering together and praying for an hour. Wow. And what we did was we did this uh, thing. We, we went 15 minutes at a time and someone uh, brought a boom box with a CD. Some of you remember what CDs are. And we put the CDs on and a person 
person would, would pick 15 minutes of song that had to do with uh, pausing and then repenting and rejoicing. And then they, they had songs that would be like about asking and then uh, songs about yielding and listening to God. And I was enthralled. I sat there in this, I didn't need a bathroom break. I didn't need a power bar. I was just like, wow, this, I can do this. Like I just, the, the, the presence of the Lord was there and I fell in love with prayer. I started praying on my own. There was this place at the end of the parking lot of the church, a tree overlooking a valley and a cliff. And I would go there in afternoons a couple times a week and just pray. And I fell in love with prayer. And this is what I would do. I used this very simple. I mean, I realized like this is kindergarten, simple stuff. I used this very simple structure to help me pray. So let's go through each one of these points, shall we? So, so basically it's a two point sermon, but four subpoints. Are you okay with this? Okay, I, I like structure, so I like to tell you the structure, so there's, there's no surprises. So, the first one is the pause and pray. Psalm 46.1 says, be still and know that I am God. We, we know this for stop. Be still. It's good to pause before you just jump into a conversation, right? You hear someone talking, you just jump in, I got something to say. It's like, who is this guy? Like, calm down. Like, why don't you pause and listen to what's going on first? Lee Strobel uh, tells this really funny story. He, he lives in Castle Rock. I've gotten to meet him before. He wrote, he's the guy that wrote Case for Christ. He's a, like an apologist. A, a movie came out called Case for Christ. It's a pretty fascinating film about his own life where he goes to disprove God and in his search to disprove God uh, comes to faith and, and says, I'm going to devote my life to actually proving the existence of God and apologetics. Anyways, Lee Strobel says that he was at the Cracker Barrel. I think it was the one up here in Colorado Springs and they have those uh, porch uh, uh, rocking chairs and he overheard someone say, what's a deist? And so he like pops into the conversation. Oh, I got, I I can tell you, I'm working on a book that's about deism and atheism. A deist is someone who believes in God or a higher power and doesn't believe that that God is actually relational. Or the, the classic, he's just like rambling on the classic example is that God wound up the world like a big clock, an old clock, and set it down. And then God's got other things to do and the world keeps going on. And, and so the, this this. This clock is like the world. And, and so he's going on and on. He says, like, Jesus came into our world. So we're not deists. We're, we're Christians that believe God comes into the world. We can pray to God and listen. And he's looking at these people, and, and they're looking at him. And he's like, you don't actually understand what I'm saying, do you? And with a Hispanic accent, they, they, they no, no comprehend. And then he realizes, they didn't say, what's a deist? They said, buenos dias. <laughs> Oh, Lee Strobel. How many of us enter into prayer with just God blah, 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 and just have all these ideas? Like, no, pause. And for me, this is, if I was honest about my prayer life, I think this first one, the pray, the pause and praise is probably the hardest. Like I have a very distracted mind. I have a, like when I pray, it's like I'm in the, in the middle of a calm lake. There's no wind early morning. And then like a speedboat goes by and I start thinking about stuff and I'm getting the waves. It's like, oh, I got to do this today and that. I stand up and I start working on other stuff. I pull out my loud. Like, oh, I'm supposed to be praying and pausing. Like this to me, and maybe you're similar, 
is the hardest part. I was talking with Brett this week and he said this is actually his favorite part of prayer. When he thinks about prayer, he thinks about pausing and praising the Lord. I think about um, the, the ways in which we get to do this. Here's some ideas for you. Um, the place in which you go, that might be important, whether it's a room or a desk. Or for me, Tim mentioned this, like I love going into the woods uh, and, and praying and, and there's no laptops or cell phones. That's like my enemy when I'm praying is like that. And those devices, uh, maybe that's for you too. And so getting away, seeing creation like this, like I'm looking forward to this in the men's uh, retreat going, I get to go up a day early and just pause, wait, pray. For some of you are like, yeah, that would be great, but I have kids and the life is crazy. Well, let me tell you a crazy story. Uh, do you guys know of John Wesley or Charles Wesley? Uh, they, this, the mom of John and John Wesley, founder of Methodism, Charles Wesley wrote hundreds of hymns. Uh, their mom, Susan, uh, Suzanne Wesley, would pray like this. She would put a towel over her head in the middle of the kitchen and she had tons of kids, I think like 19 kids, uh, which is just crazy. And unfortunately, many of them died uh, as children, but she still had a lot of kids. And when mom had a towel on her head, that meant leave mom alone. She's praying. That's her time with the Lord. And so that's how she did it. Like this place, uh, this pause became very important to her. Maybe for some of you, it's worship music. Maybe for, maybe for some of you getting into the, uh, a body position, kneeling, standing, lifting your hands. That's important. Some of you, it's like just calm down and breathe and breathe regularly. Some of you say, uh, have, have things that you say. There's, there's a ancient Christian tradition of, of saying like, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me. And that, that phrase is repeated. The Franciscan saying is my God and my all. But this is to create peace. So we pause and we praise. That's what the P stands for. We praise the Lord. What a great way to start a conversation with the Lord. I think about this. Some of you dads will know exactly what I'm talking about. You get home, you've had a long day, you're just excited to see the kids, or maybe you've been gone a couple days, like traveling, and you get home, you're excited to see the kids, and instead of the kids greeting you, they're just like, ah, dad, the other kid took the spoon and put it in the sour cream, then he put the sour cream into the meat, so now there's meat and the sour cream, and the sour cream and the meat, and he got the green bowl, I wanted the green bowl, he always gets the green bowl, and I smiling telling to stop smiling it's like whoa how about a hug how about hello I haven't seen you in a long time it's like let's pause before the Lord let's praise him thank him for being there and who he is and then this next point we'll move pretty quick now the R in in this P-R-A-Y is repent and rejoice we repent of things that, that, that the Holy Spirit brings to our mind that we need to repent of 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just. He will forgive our sins and purify us from unrighteousness. We repent before the Lord, ask him to stir our hearts so that we might be forgiven when we ask with faith. Psalm 51 is a great psalm to, to meditate on. Have mercy on me, O God, according to thy great mercy. Have compassion. Release me from my sin. That's Psalm 51. And then the other part of this, the, the repent, is the rejoice, which this part, this part is my favorite part of doing this, that we rejoice that our sins have been forgiven, that Christ is with us. 
that our salvation is upon us because of the work of the Lord. We repent and we rejoice. And then we get to the asking. That's point number uh, three of this P-R-A-Y. Asking is personal. Wishing is distant. There's something that, that is very powerful about asking, talking to someone who cares and can do something about what it is you want. And when we bring our request to the Lord, the good news is that he hears us and he can answer. I think about uh, many people just know prayer as something that is said to God in crisis. I think about, uh, um, like, if you had a neighbor, uh, and maybe for some of you this is all too, like, oh, this is too close to home. But you have a neighbor, and all you do is wave to them. You don't know their name. You've never had a conversation with them. You see them probably every day. You kind of throw up the hand, and they throw up their hand, and that's it. Like, for years and years, 10 years goes by, you never have a conversation with this person. You'd have no idea what their name is. You're just, hi, hi, you just kind of, just like, whatever. And then one day a crisis hits and you go over to the door and knock on the door and you're like, I have a financial crisis. I need $20,000. Can I have $20,000? And they're like, dude, who, who are you? It's like, I'm, I'm your neighbor. I've been your neighbor for 10 years. It's like, well, no, you, you, you haven't. I mean, we've wave every once in a while, but I don't know you. And I wonder if, if that's like, unfortunately, I, I, that's a very sad picture, but I wonder if that's many of, of the life of prayer of many Christians that just, they kind of just wave to God here and there. Um, but then when there's a crisis, and, and our God is faithful in crises, and yes, there's many people who come to the Lord in crisis. I'm not uh, degrading that idea, but, but what a sad idea of prayer. Prayer can be so much more, which brings us to this last point, the why is yield. It's listening to God. Like a, like a yield sign in the streets, you, you yield. You, you come to a slowdown. Like, what's going on? What's the traffic situation here? What is the Lord saying? These moments where we listen and ask him to speak to us. I think about some of the prayer meetings we've had here, encounter nights or the upper room nights uh, a long time ago. Some of you might remember these, these nights of worship that we did as a church, listening. Lord, what are you doing with the church? What are you saying to us right now? Let's stop. Let's pause. Let's listen. So I want to do this now. I think um, it would be a shame if we just talked about prayer. But uh, with the, the next few minutes of this church service, we're going to pray. The band is going to come. We're going to take communion. Then we, have, we do have a, something to announce. But would you stand with me? Let's slow ourselves down. The band, you guys can come up. And if we were honest, we would, we would need to pause here need to slow ourselves down. And Lord, we come to you and as paused souls and say, Lord, we praise you. We praise you because you are good. You are awesome and holy. We praise you, Lord. And Lord, we repent as we prepare our hearts for the table of communion. We we apologize, we repent for the things that we've done, for the things we've left undone. 
And we know, Lord, that you are faithful. We keep a cross in the center of our room to remind us that you are faithful to forgive. That is what the cross is. It is your life being broken for us that, that, Lord, you can and do forgive. And so, Lord, we rejoice. We rejoice that you forgive us of our sins. And then, Lord, we ask. We ask in this time for this church, for your hand to be upon us, for your hand to be upon our lives individually. We ask that these, this mystery of communion would be accepted into our hearts that, Lord, we ask for this week, we ask for loved ones who are sick, that we have so many needs and requests, and, Lord, we bring them to you, each and every one of us. And now, Lord, we yield. But we listen for your voice. We say to you, speak, Lord. Your servants are listening.